Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. Listen, we are so glad that you are here. We are so glad that you are here. We believe that God has an assignment for you. We believe that there is something in you that may be your past or your present or hurts, hurdles, hangups. We know the enemy's plan is to deceive us to think that we cannot come into what God has called us to do. That's what he does. He beats us down by life so that we can't step into, come on, 30, 60, and 100 fold. You are capable, listen to this, of 30, 60, and 100 fold. That means that whatever giftings you have, they can be accelerated, they can be increased, and that you can, in this life, being very, very, come on, listen, fruitful. That's one of the reasons we started Be The One uh, years and years ago is because we wanted to move, we wanted to actively move people from the back row to the front row. We, through divorce and brokenness and hurt and anxiety and, and peer pressure and bully, all of the stuff that goes on in our culture, we wanted the church to actively speak into purpose with young people and, put, and say, you know what, listen, God can do something in your life. And so when we do these free events, we'd love for you to come. They don't cost you anything. We're not doing a free car wash that expects donations. We don't want your money. We just want an opportunity for our young people to practice prayer. We want an opportunity for young people. Listen, you, if you grow up giving what God has given you, then guess where you... I mean, just think about this. For some of you that maybe you got saved as an adult... And you haven't really stepped in to giving all of your giftings. Or maybe you've just in the last year or year and a half led a life group. Or you just in the last two years. Think about what that would have been like if you could start at 14. What could that have been like? What could you have avoided? What could, come on, does that make sense? And so here's the deal. We are asking for you to pay it forward. Come to one of these events. Come on Friday. Stay in the line. Get your car washed. You know it's dirty. And then let us, come on, let us bless you with some cleanliness. And then let us have these young people begin to practice the presence. Begin to practice doing something. Does that make sense? We don't want a church that just sits in the chair. Come on, help me. We don't want a church that just sits in the chair. We want there to be some activation. Well, I'm excited about what we're going to do. We're going to pray and we're going to get right into it. Come on, are you ready to learn? You ready to grow? Come on. I am hoping that as we grow, come on, in February, I know we're a long way away, but we will be five years. Five years. Come on. And so, listen, you may have started and you came in and you kind of just tapped the water. But as we begin to grow, we are asking for you to be a note taker. We're asking for you to develop. We're asking for you to, to be, move into deeper waters. And so if this is your first time back at church in a long time, we are so grateful that you would come here. And we want you to know that we're praying for you. Well, come on, let's pray. Father, we ask that your word would permeate through a screen through distance, through uh, uh, cities, even here in this congregation, that your word would go forth and it would do what it's called to do, which is cut away flesh and transform lives. 
Lord, help us do this with love so that people can be inspired to take that next step. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are going to end our in-training series. I don't know if you've been so encouraged. Hopefully you've gone back. Last week, Adam shared. Come on, did Adam do a great job? Listen, we have so many sons in this house, and it's encouraging to hear from them, to hear from our sons and daughters, people that are getting raised up in this house. And I just want you to be encouraged. If you've not, if you missed last week, go back and get it because it was talking about how to just continue to unleash what God has called you to do. We have to stay in training. This world is crazy. Some of y'all didn't know if you could amen that. Y'all so scared. Listen. The, this world is crazy. It's crazy. And here's the deal. If you don't continue to deposit godly thoughts, you are going to be overrun. There are so many thoughts out there. And the truth of the matter is, as we are in training, I want to ask you, are you built to last? Are you built to last? Are you built to last? Here's, here's the thing is uh, the Apostle Paul told us many, many times, but he uses one example in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He tells us that his race is almost coming to an end. And he says that I have run. In fact, let's put the verse up there. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. It says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Can I tell you, all of you young ministers, all of you people wanting to step into ministry, all you people want to step in, whatever that looks like. I'm not talking about full time. I'm just talking about if you're here, can I just tell you you're a minister? We don't believe that the fivefold is the only ministry. You can be a minister in your job. If you're an electrician, if you're a dental hygienist, come on. It doesn't matter what you do. Whatever it is that God has called you to do. Listen, you are a minister. And here's what Paul says is that I've poured out. Our job is to pour out, is to have something that we can give to somebody else who is thirsty, that we have spent time, come on, in the secret place, and we have something, come on, to give. And he says that the time of my departure has come, but I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept my faith. There are three adjectives that stick out to me. It is fought, finished, and kept. Fought. If you have come and you have had the Holy Spirit tug on your heart, the Bible says that no one comes unto him unless God draw him. So if you've been drawn and you have accepted, you're going to do a lot of fighting. Not, not, I'm not talking about fighting with your spouse. I'm not talking about fighting with your kids. I'm not talking about even fighting with your pastor. I'm talking about you're going to do a lot of wrestling and fighting with your flesh in order to continue to do what God has called you to do. If you don't want to fight, you don't want to grow. You're going to have to fight. You're going to have to face some things. You can't fight unless you face. The truth of the matter is you don't see nobody on pay-per-view boxing <laughs> you know, like you got to face someone to fight them. There's things that in this world, that you, in your past, in your character, that you're going to have to face and you're going to have to fight. Anybody who turns around and doesn't face their opponent, 
lost. <laughs> You're going to have to finish. What does finish imply? Finish implies distance. There's time. In other words, coming to the altar and accepting Jesus as salvation is not the finish. It's not the finish line. It is a finished work of your soul, but is the beginning, listen, of spiritual transformation. There's a whole lot past the cross. The cross is the doorway. What Jesus did, He said, I am the doorway. In other words, I'm the threshold that you have to pass to get into the kingdom. But there is a whole lot in here that if you want to take some time and look around, come on, you're going to have to finish. That means continual effort. Finish. You're going to have to keep. What does keep imply? Keep implies that, that you could lose it. That you could lose it. That if you don't keep it. In other words, showing up isn't keeping. Just because you live in a house don't mean it's clean. <laughs> come, on, uh, come on, help me. Just because you drive a car doesn't mean that there isn't trash. Come on, in every hole in the vehicle. You have to keep it. Just because you have teeth doesn't mean you floss them. <laughs> Does that mean you, you, but by the time you get to 45, 50, you will find out if you get to keep them. Does that make sense? Come on, help me. Come on, y'all, 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 y'all a little silent. Listen, you're going to have to keep it. You, you have, many of you have found out that the, the figure you were at 14. And the figure at 50. You better keep it. I'm just saying, like, like, I'm just saying, like, you, you live in life, but that doesn't mean that you keep, does that make sense? And so I think that a lot of times we think if I'm going to church, then I'm keeping it. But here's the deal. You can, there's actually this concept that God talks about that you can hear and never hear. You can be in the room and not keeping it. You can amend something. The James says that we can look in a mirror and we can deceive ourselves. And so there's this idea that you can actually agree with and amend something you are totally not doing. And then what happens is we say, well, I tried church. No, no, no. You, you went to church. But you didn't fight. You didn't finish. And you didn't keep. Come on, is, is this good? I haven't even started yet. You give me two weeks off, I'm coming for you. Listen, there is a book that came out in 1994. And the book was called Built to Last. I don't know if there are any uh, business owners. I don't know if there are, are, are people who work in business. But it was an incredible business book. It was written by uh, Jim Collins and Jerry Porras. And this book was written and it was called Built to Last, Successful Habits of Visionary Companies. And this book went viral. It, it sold over 3.5 million copies. It was translated into 16 different languages. Everybody in the 90s, early 2000s adopted this book because it gave concepts based on years of data, how these companies kept thriving. 
Okay? Does that make sense? And so everybody who had a company wanted to read this book because it was built to last. Like, I want to uh, have longevity as a company. I want to be an industry leader. I want to be a marketplace leader. So everybody was buying this book. Companies were making their people read this book. It was an incredible book with incredible principles. But here's what happened now that we look back 26 years later. The companies that they said would be the industry leaders, and if they applied these principles, were going to be built to last, many of them have gone bankrupt or out of business. Now, I'm not disagreeing with the principles. I think the principles are, are, are great. I love Jim Collins. He's written many, many books, good to great, different things. So, so I, I'm not pushing back on him. I'm just saying that if you're not careful... This world will offer you experts and gurus and geniuses and they will all tell you how to build your life. But I, can I tell you that there's only one that his words will build your life to last. Does this make sense? There's only one that if you build your life on these principles. Listen, human understanding is great, but I'm just telling you that Jesus began to talk teach some things that if you'll build your life on these principles, it will in fact change your life. The text that we're going to be in for a while today is Matthew chapter 13. Go ahead and turn there if you can. Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to spend some time talking about uh, this parable that he had. Let me check and see if I got everything right here. All right, I'm good. I'm good. Man, I got some great people. Listen, let, let's, let's read this and then let's get into this. Matthew chapter 13, we're going to start at verse 1 and we're going to do a little bit of reading together so you guys follow along. That same day, Jesus went out of the house, sat by the sea, and the great cl- crowds gathered about him so that he got into the boat and sat down. The whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables. Parables are stories, illustrations. He began to talk to them in ways that they could understand. Can I tell you this? For those of you who have been in the faith a long time, they don't get your Christianese. The the deeper we get, the more we understand. But sometimes the deeper we get and the more we understand, the more we can't relate to people. Jesus knew what it was like to walk in heaven and be in the presence of God. But he knew how to break that down where people could understand it. Can I tell you that I appreciate all of your posts. But you don't be preaching to people that don't get it. Because it feels like lecturing rather than loving. Jesus had a way of breaking something down so that you could get a kingdom concept. And if we really knew what we believed. Listen, listen. We would be able to break it down so that people could digest it. Jesus had vastness of the kingdom, but he could tell a story so that people could get it. Come on, every parent, you've had to break down truth. My son is driving. I'm having to break down some truth. Does that make sense? I'm describing people being run over. Splat! Going to a funeral because you look down on your phone. 
Does that make sense? I'm making a illustration and a story and I want him to feel it long before he calls me and says, Dad, come on, does that make sense? Jesus is trying to describe some things so that people can get it. Okay. And when he told them many things in parables saying, a sower went to sow a seed and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up. And since they had no depth, no depth, no depth of soil, when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among the thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain. Some a hundred, sixty, and thirty. I love it. Listen, God, the kingdom is so different. God starts with a hundred. When you count, you usually go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten to a hundred. God starts at a hundred. In other words, here's the deal. If you do this, based on how you do this, we start at a hundred. If you commit to it a little bit, you can have sixty. If you commit to it even less than that, you can have 30 or you can have none. Does it, does it make sense? I don't know. That, I don't, that's exciting to me. I, I was expecting like, whoo, that's good. That's amen. Uh, preach it. But, but instead, you, you were thinking. Okay. The Bible says, he who has ears, let him hear. And then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak in parables? Come on, little, little Yoda moment. Why do you speak in stories? And he said, and he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom, but to them it has not. To them it has not. Please do not expect the world not to act like the world. You can never minister to someone you're always rejecting. It is our responsibility to be the ministers. It is our responsibility. Listen, you have to digest it truth, but you have to walk in love. And so it's very complicated because here's the deal. The reason sometimes we get so religious and legalistic is because what is happening in the world is happening at church. But we should be able to be a different type of people. The Bible actually calls us peculiar. We should be different. So we should be able to embrace truth, change our mindset, and walk in love so we can tell a story so that people can see what they never saw. Come on, somebody. That That's how you do it. That's how you do it. At the house, we don't want to be lecturers. That does not mean that we don't want to walk in truth. That means that you have to disciple. That means you have to get in proximity. That means you have to have a friend. Come on, you you can't turn on Facebook or Instagram without preaching. Not y'all, but just you. Maybe scroll and like after about ten minutes, you're like, you feel heavy. When Jesus taught truth, Jesus taught about divorce. Jesus taught about lust. Jesus taught about deep things. And, and, and that truth touched them. They dealt with it. Jesus wasn't walking away with truth. It wasn't a shallow gospel. It just, come on, you hear what I'm saying? It just wasn't lecturing. 
That's what the Pharisees did. All in chapter 12 of Matthew is, you can't do that, 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 you can't do that. Like, it's unlawful, it's unlawful, it's unlawful, it's unlawful. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, I scared her. Listen, listen. Some of you are like, that's how I feel right now. <laughs> listen, that, that's all chapter 12 was, is unlawful. You can't, you can't, you can't. Jesus, let, let me break the story down to you. Okay? There were three little pigs. And one of them, one of them didn't want to build with anybody but, hey, why well, so stupid? I just need some depth. But can you walk in what you have? Some people scream for knowledge, but they need to be screaming application. Come on. Come on. Listen. It says this. For the one who has, has. What is he talking about? Revelation. Understanding. For the one who has, more will be given. You're going to get more if you embrace the little. In other words, there's this idea that year one of Christianity and year 30 of Christianity, you should be moving. Now, you'll go up and down, come on, like a roller coaster. You'll go up and down in moments like an elevator. But there should be more revelation and you should know more, come on, about who God is because you digested the little. Come on, this is good. For the one who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. In other words, there is so much revelation about who God is that it doesn't even quantify an ending. It just says it will be in abundance. That's why the Bible says deep calls unto deep. That's why we got to grow. That's why you got to stay in training. Does this make sense? Look at this. But for the one who has not, even what he has will be taken, taken away from him. So what this is essentially saying is you can come to church and you can sit in church. And with the revelation that changed your life at 14, at 16, at 20, on a college campus, in the BCM, what changed your life at 30, at 40, can actually be beat down, taken away, and you can actually end with someone who has a lot of knowledge but nothing growing in your life. Does this make sense? So there's this idea that we have to stay, come on, activated. We have to stay activated. I want to preach just a couple of things real quick. For all of those who lead life groups and all of those who do ministry and all of those who come early and all of those who are on the dream team and and we love you and appreciate you and if you want to be a part of what we're doing, we're asking you to go through framework because we believe that that is the doorway in. That's saying, hello, I want a relationship. Okay? At the beginning of the scripture, it says in the same day. In the same day. Can I tell you that there's this idea... For all of you leaders that I need to store up, I need to store up, I need to store up, I need to wait, I need to wait. But listen to what Jesus started the ministry with people accusing him. He started the chapter 12 with people not understanding him. 
And there will be times when people will accuse you and not understand you and be complicated. But that doesn't stop what you sow. Listen to what I'm saying. I meet so many people who get excited to step into ministry, but once they hit the heat and the friction of ministry, they want to back back out. But I'm telling you that Jesus in the middle, in the moment, at the beginning, He expected and, and experienced adversity. You can't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't do that. And at the end, all of that did not stop Him sowing. We are called to sow. That's our calling. Jesus went out of the house beside the sea and the great crowds gathered and sat down. And I love it because you don't hear any criticisms. Can I tell you, if you're going to learn, you're going to have to allow yourself to learn. You're going to have to allow yourself to lean in. You're going to have to allow yourself to listen. You don't hear any, why why are we not in the house? We came to the house, why are we going to the beach? There should have been an email if we're going to travel. Listen, the organization needs to just get a whole lot better. If we're going to move from the house to the sea, I think there needs to be a flyer. But you've got 12 disciples and nobody can tell you that we're going to have a beach day. Seriously, if I would have known we were going to the beach, I would have wore different sandals. This is very frustrating. I am very frustrated. And I listen, I want to hear Jesus, but I also expect a little respect. Come on, I, I didn't know we were traveling. Do we have to walk in a line? Can I go ahead and be there? Where do I stand? Why does he get to be on the boat? And why is he sitting and why am I standing? See, I don't know. I've been under that type of leadership before. I don't really... Stop. Come on, help me. Listen, you can't receive the seed if you're a critic. Who were the people that were not there? The Pharisees, the Sadducees. There was no conflict at this. There were only people who wanted to receive the word, that wanted to come on to the deposit. And Jesus sat in a boat and they stand and they leaned. And so there's this idea that if you want to grow, you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit. You're going to have to stand. You're going to have to lean. You're going to have to be, listen to this. This is hard. 2020, I'm going to say a cuss word. You're going to have to be inconvenienced. My my bad. (laughs) Church was not created and the gospel isn't created and transformation doesn't happen because it's convenient. Well, I can't really do anything more than a 45-minute sermon a week. I really can't do anything more than that. So you're saying you can't pray? You can't read your Bible. You, you can't listen to a podcast. Like, like you can't. Or you won't. Come on. Does that make sense? I can't lead a life group. People make me crazy. I know. Church people are the most crazy people in the world. I get it. I get it. But here's the deal. You will never develop the God gifts in you if you don't step out. And even with your socialness and your introvertness, introvertedness, I'm making up words here, girl. Listen, like, 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 I believe 
that regardless of who you are, your birth order, what God has done in your life, I believe that you are capable of this, loving somebody else. I believe that you're, and you cannot convince me. You cannot, listen, if you choose not to do it, we're not going to control you, but you cannot convince me that you are incapable of loving somebody. You cannot convince me. God would not tell us to be an overflow and a conduit of love if there were certain people that couldn't do it. Come on. This is good. Let's talk about the four. There are four seats in church. There are four seats in church. And so this is not to prejudge anybody. This is also not to condemn anybody. And this is not to label anybody. But this is the chairs that Jesus said were in church. The first chair is the hard. Anybody like hiking? My family and I, we're hikers. And um, and if you think about hiking on a trail, it's cool. One of the last times we really, really hiked, it was cool. We didn't read the directions. And so it was actually a bike trail. And it was sort of like, it was kind of, it was like old school Frogger. It was cool. And everybody's like, come in. And I'm like, ah. And we're like, man, I hope the kids move. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and so the whole time we're watching what's coming down because we're in this narrow and it's kind of on a ravine and we're like, ah, oh, this is fun. This is like extreme hiking. I mean, we're inventing something. But you know, the, 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 the trail was, the path was so beat down, so trampled that nothing could grow. The dust was hard. It was dusty. And I am saying that I think that Jesus was trying to illustrate that there are some people that have had such a hard past, have been trampled by life, and have made choices that you don't even know that your heart is hard. And so here's the deal. Hard people come to church. They just attend. They never engage. Hard people watch they never worship. Hard people assess, but they never surrender. Hard people. And here's the deal. You can be hard for a lot of reasons. You can be hard because of sin. You can be hard because of hurt. I'm not saying that there aren't reasons. All I'm saying is that we all in life get trampled. And you're going to have to allow the Holy Spirit to break and unearth that hardness if you ever want, listen, life to grow. If you ever want life to grow in your life, come on, if you ever want to start growing something, I don't know about you, but you are on this earth. Listen, to, yes, awesome, procreate. Yes, awesome, have a family. Yes, all of those awesome. Have a business and a home and a house and all of that. Yes, all of that's awesome. But you are on this earth so that you can grow something life-giving and give it away. So that you can affect somebody else. And not just be a do-gooder, but someone who plants seeds that changes somebody's life. So we're talking about the gospel. The second one. What was it? It was the shallow. 
the shallow. The Bible says that, and it's interesting, because there were three huge components to why this stayed shallow. The first was heat, then nutrients, then water. Can I tell you something? Many Christians are not growing because they don't allow the heat of adversity and the heat of life to actually work in them. Can I tell you, you're not praying away heat. You're not going to pray away. Listen, the refiner's fire. There is going to be heat. There are going to be things preached that you're going to have to go study. There's going to be leadership that you don't like. There's going to be heat that comes. The difference is, is it abusive? Is it critical? Is it demeaning? Or is it the fire that God is using, come on, to ignite some stuff in your life? If you have a cold life, then you have a fruitless life. Fruit don't grow where it's cold. Where it's cold. I can't talk. Somebody needs some heat. Someone needs to turn it up. Now here's the thing, is the heat has to be measured. You can't just have all heat. You have to have heat. The Bible says that there was no depth. And so all of us, listen, are on a spiritual journey of freedom. That's why we want you to take our freedom class before you jump into high levels of leadership here. Because we know you're messed up. Because we're messed up. We're not asking you to go through the class so that you will be totally, I, I, I have nothing on me. I am burden free. <laughs> no, we want you to go through the class so you can understand the principle so that when you're attacked, you know it's not your mate. It's not your kids. It's not your job. And this is the enemy. And now I have addressed what's happening. And now I know who I'm fighting. And most believers don't know who they're fighting. And I, can I tell you that you may... You may still have a relationship with your kids if you knew it was the devil. Come on, hear what I'm saying. While this is a cute story, can you begin to see the depth of what Jesus is saying? There are four chairs in church. There are four chairs in every church. There are four chairs in the church body. There are four chairs in this church. Shallow means that the Bible says that it, the seed sprang up quickly. It got excited. I can't tell you how many people have gotten saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost, empowered, ready to go. Pastor, I'm going to be here. I'm going to do it. You're the greatest pastor in the world. Seven months later. I hate that judgment. Because everybody gets excited when they're learning something, but you, in order for you to thrive and be fruitful and have a hundredfold return, you're going to have to unearth some of these boulders and rocks and heaviness, things that over the past have been there, and you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit, come on, dig that out so that I can get low. But you're never going to remove the heat. But you can plant in a healthy spiritual soil. Not a perfect soil, but a healthy spiritual soil. 
and then the water. Come on, what, what, when we look at the Bible, what does water do? Water, the Bible says that it, it replenishes, it washes, it saves. Water saves. Water, come on, come on, listen. The w- water has this spiritual component and you've got to know heat is coming regardless if you schedule it in your Google planner. So if you don't water, you're not ready. The water is on you. Jesus said, if you drink from this water, you will never thirst again. I'm asking you, when's the last time you turned off Netflix or Hulu and you watered? You got out your Bible. You got out your notebook. You begin to pray. And instead of, God, I hate them. Everything's wrong with them. You said, okay, God, what is this conflict showing me that I need to unearth so that I can continue growing? Come on, is this good? Come on, help me. The, the third chair in church is compromise. Here's what it says. It says that the seed went down to the ground and it actually started to produce it started to produce like something started to happen the, can i tell you that the the word is the only seed that you can plant anywhere in the world and it will produce a crop right. come on compromising what it says is and what is very interesting about this text is it doesn't say that it was ever weeded it doesn't say that it was ever managed. It doesn't say that it was ever the, the care for the weeds. Come on, anybody ever farmed? Anybody ever garden? It's like, you do all this work. You plant this precious seed. And all you're hoping for is a salsa garden. It's not much. God, all I want is a salsa garden. A couple tomatoes. Come on, maybe a pepper or two. And then these weeds come. And you're like, I didn't plant these weeds. I didn't want these weeds. I put down the vapor barrier and the vapor barrier is a lie because it doesn't work. I mean, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. My, I'm sorry. My bad. That was, a, that was a little too much. My bad. And so you think you've done all that you need to do to rid yourself of these weeds. But here's what I'm saying is Jesus almost posed it like this. If you only deposit the seed, but you don't regularly go back and take care of the weeds, then here's what's happening. You may be fruitful, listen, for a season. But in the end of that season, you're going to die. What was once producing has now been destroyed. Why? Because the thorns soap up the water and they take the soil. Come on. Y'all feel like I can, I'm a gardener. No, I'm not. I Google. Listen. Listen. William, you should be preaching that. Listen. Here's the idea. Is that if you let that weed stay. Insecurity, rejection, porn, anger. 
alcohol addiction. If you let it stay, people may not know for a while. And they may applaud your fruit. But the claps will stop and the fruit will die. And your family will pay for it. Your relationship will pay for it. We all have to deal with this. This is why we cannot judge people. Because as soon as we talk about, oh, look at the fruit I got. It's very easy to see a new convert walk in and go, hmm, they got some weeds. Mm, you need to come for a full year and let the preacher get you. You need to go through all the classes today. We all have weeds. We all have things that are growing. Come on. If we could have a moment of transparency, we all have things growing. Pride. We all have things going argumentative. We all have things growing that will destroy our fruit. Jesus said there was one that was good. Here's the scary part. 75% don't make it. We have to actively start the transformation of moving from hard to shallow to compromising in order to produce something that will change our life and other people's lives. But if we don't, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Small is the gate. And there are few that find it. Because it is a process of transformation. How many of you hear me? Here, here's how Jesus... Can, can I give you one more verse? And then Ben, y'all can go ahead and come up. Let me give you one verse. Jesus is the one who actually... I did a pretty good teaching, but Jesus actually is a little bit better. Um, Matthew chapter 13, and we can go ahead and take some of these off the stage, is um, he says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 18, this is Jesus, because the disciples, man, were like, like y'all, it was like, that's a lot. And he was like, man, we need you to explain it. And here's what he said. Hear the parable of the, here's the parable of the sower. Hear it. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. You are battling an evil one even if you don't like the terminology. You are battling right now in your life. This is what was sown on the rocky path. I mean, sown along the path. Okay, that's the trail. For what has been sown on the rocky ground, 
This is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. What's up? Yet he has no root in himself. That's why we want you to plant. When you go by, you'll see this verse right here. And it says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord. We didn't come up with that verse just because we want you to plant. And so here's what we know when you plant. Listen to this. Abel has been here since we started. Abel and Candace, their family. Have we ever been mad at each other? Yeah, we have. Have we ever had to have conversations? Absolutely. But those who are rooted, the only perfect church is the one in heaven. (laughs) Now that doesn't mean that we have the allowance to be ungodly. We do not. But the first couple ran away from God. The first small group, one killed the other. We've not had that happen. (laughs) Hashtag wins. You're not going to find that. And I would encourage you to go look. But you're not going to find it. You know why you're not going to find a perfect church? Because you're not going to find a perfect marriage. You're not going to find a perfect child. You're not going to find a perfect man. You're not going to find a perfect woman. But you're going to find people who are doing their best to walk through the hard, walk through the shallow, walk through the compromising in order to be good. And here's the deal. You can be flawed and still good. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the House website. We hope you have a great week.